Welcome into the 615 Sessions podcast here on the A to Z Sports live stream network. We got the big fella. We got Ramon Foster. It's been a while since you've been on the pod. We like to do the collaborations from time to time, but uh, far too much time in between appearances. What's happening, Mo? Man, not much, Buck. I, I think that often, man. I know I'm right after your show, but I never mind hanging around. I mean, that one time, like, I was hijacked by Ron Slay. So I'm here for anything Buck Rising. I like what you do, man. I'm going to be honest with that. No, no, no. You got to be honest with the people, though, straight up. That was a Ron Slay segment that you hijacked. That's a, that's a little different. That's a, by the way, we welcome that. I think we I think we called it the hot box. I'm down the hot box with you boys anytime. Hey, seriously now? Like, that is a fire name. We might not need to say that out too loud, but because we can run with that, dog. No, no, no. Ramon, uh, I don't have lawyers, but Ramon probably does. So if you take our name, we will sue you at a a later date. (laughs) Anyway, we're not here for litigation. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're out here like that, Ramon. (laughs) (laughs) We're not here for litigation necessarily. We're here for quarterback discussion. And an interesting situation that's going on with the Tennessee Titans and their contractual situation. Ramon, before we get started, i got to tell people that the podcast is presented by your friends and mine at Two Rivers Ford. They are the best in the business. They've been doing business here in Middle Tennessee for 40 years, and that's because people trust them. It's so great to walk into a business and just know that they're trustworthy. That's what you get at Two Rivers Ford. Honest answers, zero pressure, and the best price possible. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford Driven by people man let me let me dive into that one too buck by the way i ended up ordering the truck from them right you get you you order a new one i did order a new one okay and i ordered a 150 and i was like you know what i I don't want the 150 and guess what he said it's cool and i end up getting the 250 man so it's two on order with my name on it but i only got to get one so that's the trust that you're talking about buck i'm a i'm a subscriber to them do you understand that Hell yes, I do. The, yeah. Don't worry. We're this. Not only is the check in the mail, but the air check is in the mail on the way over to them. Oh, Shout out to Rivers Ford. Shout out for taking care of us. Uh, so, Ramon, given your background, obviously uh, as a college football player, as an NFL player, um, coming out of the University of Tennessee, this is a unique position that a lot of these Vols prospects are in, and that's I think what I specifically want to talk about with you today. Uh, the analysts can't figure out Hendon Hooker. <laughs> That's fair. And I think it's it, – but is it, though? I, I guess let that be my first question. Is it fair that we can't get a legitimate grasp on him as a prospect? Uh, it is fair because this is his biggest hiccup right now, the injury buck. The injury, man, because the tape is what the tape is when it boils down to how you evaluating him. That's one thing we always talk about. What does his tape look like? Oh, he didn't test good. He didn't do this good. But the tape, we saw those things. And I had a, a very interesting conversation uh, with my head coach. No, it wasn't my head coach. It was somebody else in the front office about Tom Brady specifically. And they were just like, I was like, so how, how does a team, how did all you guys even the team that selected him missed on Tom Brady, but the Patriots ended up getting it right. And even they missed for the first five rounds. And you know what he right. said? He said, we didn't break down the film enough. I said, what do you mean? He said, everything that Tom Brady did in his career, he did it at Michigan also. And said that we looked at his body. We looked at his measurables. We looked at his 40 time and we discounted his film. And that's what I think we got to go to when we're looking at a guy like Hendon Hooker. Had it not been for the ACL and the fact that every rookie has to start 
ASAP buck in the NFL these days and nobody wants to really coach a guy as much anymore? Well, some don't. I won't say all, but they got to go look at the film. And that's one thing that they said about that situation was I we missed the film. We didn't look at his playmaking ability. That's one thing I think you see with Hendon Buck is he has playmaking ability. Deep ball, accurate, probably more than others. Uh, the ability to know when not to leave the pocket, he's good at that, almost too good because I'm like, get rid of the ball, Hendon, and he's just comfortable in the pocket. But he also has the know-how to leave the pocket too, Buck, which is what got him hurt in, uh, in South Carolina with that bad turf. So he's doing all the things you need him to do. It's a matter of you can't put him into your starting lineup and probably uh, late November or either next year. And that's the thing that I think catches people up about it as much as anything. Because we'll talk about the Tennessee offense specifically and how that's almost held against these guys yeah. in ways that I, I kind of get it, but also I find a bit ridiculous. Either way. Availability is so critical, and the most valuable thing that you can have in the NFL is a quarterback on a rookie contract. Penn and Hooker, you're burning probably a season worth of, truly a season worth of, I don't want to call it eligibility, but eligibility left on his rookie deal for you to be able to cash in on a dude while you try and build up a roster. That, I think, Ramon, just to kind of bring it to a Titan standpoint, I think that's the biggest kind of conundrum that they're in. They have enough momentum this year to get involved in the rookie quarterback class, but not a ton of capital around that to support whatever player that they drop in here. But if they do get a player that needs to sit, they can build up the roster around them when next year they have $140 million and they won't have to deal with an expensive rookie uh, quarterback contract because Ryan Tannehill would theoretically be off the books by then. But with Hendon, I think that availability thing bogs people down in a real way. But then there's the idea that like Tennessee just doesn't run that many offense, that many plays, like that many right. different plays in their offense. So the tape study is made more difficult if you're just somebody who watches football but doesn't necessarily understand the mechanics of a quarterback or what the quarterback is being asked to do. It's almost a second level evaluation mm -hmm. that I feel like a lot of people may not necessarily be qualified to do. No doubt about it. And, and you're right about that. The, the, the University of Tennessee offense is what becomes more bothersome because you say, well, it's all scheme. And this is the quick pro tip, Buck. I know you know this with your breakdowns with Cosell is what? Everybody has a scheme. Yeah. Everybody has tricks. And that's why I say you got to look at what he's actually doing. He's scanning from left to right. And it's not his fault that college defenses, let's be real, suck. And you yeah. can scheme them up a little bit better. I think it's probably a bigger issue for the wide receivers kind of coming out of that uh that offense with Hypo than it is the actual quarterback. And I'd, I'd almost tell you, go look at just like the highlight game of the Tennessee-Alabama game. You see him scanning left to right, looking deep and then coming back underneath. That's all there. And you're right, though, Buck. Like, when it comes down to if you did go get Hendon Hooker, I think it's the right situation for him. You got a guy that can grow with them. Uh, aside from Ryan Tannehill. This Tennessee Titans offense has about, from what we know, three if not four guys at interview for offensive coordinator jobs. Those dudes, one of those guys, should be directly in communication with a guy like Hendon Hooker or any quarterback that's coming into the, uh, the Titans building to say, Ryan is our stop hold right now, and we got to get the guy ready for next year. And not just that transition into a different type of offense if they are a group that might uh i mean that uh yeah Vrabel has said 
We want speed. We want creativity. We want to be able to move the ball up and down the field. Well, there's a quarterback or two in this draft that you got to be able to have on your radar set. He's our guy, but not for this year because it's going to be hell trying to get from under Ryan Tannehill this year, this late in the offseason too. That's the thing that we have an issue with right now is the timing of going to go get another guy that's not named Ryan Tannehill. You can't go get a vet. Next year, vets are who? I don't think we're going to have a Derek Carr type of offseason again or even a Jameis where you say we can go get a guy to uh, be our franchise savior. No, it has to be a dude that's able to, to come in and learn and grow. What's NFL open? Who can actually read defenses? That's one of Malik Willis's knocks, wasn't it? And it ain't his fault, but the school that he was at, Louisiana, did what? Told him where to go with the ball. Hendon doesn't have that problem. And I don't think many other quarterbacks coming out this year are going to have that issue either. Do I think you should go get a first rounder? Probably not. If Hendon slides because of the injury, let's let's say he go late first. I mean, if he's not picked up by the late first, if I'm the Titans, I'm, I'm calling to make a call for somebody for a guy like him because at that point, you don't have to give up a whole lot for teams that are picking on the back end of the draft too because they're picking on the back end of the draft because they're probably a better team. So they can give up that first and maybe maybe next year's first or second round for a late first round pick. Well, the shit that's so crazy, Ramon, is they only have six picks. Like, Jacksonville has nine. Houston has 12. I know. Like they, <laughs> they just they, – they, they're, they're down bad both ways, financially and draft-wise. And, like, now they have to figure all this shit out in ways that require so many different kind of gymnastics that feel – I mean, I know it's a cumulative issue and it took them a while to get to this point, but they are they, – they don't have a lot of clean solutions here. They don't. And this is the thing, too. The further we remove ourselves, and I don't even want to bash him whatsoever because I know he did the job with all his heart and soul. The further we get away from John Robinson a little bit, the more we realize we, we really bet it all and, and, and really got nothing out of it. You got a 2019 season, and as soon as Arthur Smith left, you got nothing behind it. And on top of that, you got no depth. You have no cap. And you got these players on one-year deals. Clowney, Beasley, Julio, Bud is even thrown into the equation. It's guys that are in that equation and you net at nothing. I said on our show, dude, they got an empty cupboard right now. And how in the heck are you going to feel it when you got a quarterback that you don't love, a running back that, that really hits a big part of your uh, cap also, and Harold Landry on the other side that's coming back off of an ACL. Like, And then you cut Bud, got to eat that cash, and then you also ask Kevin Byer to take a pay cut too. So what are you making that nothing. shit, by the way? Say what? What do you make of the Bayard thing? Couldn't be me. D don't don't ask me to take a pay cut and expect me to be happy. I, that leader you had no longer is your leader no more because you devalue what I'm worth as a player. Not just I think sometimes players get paid for what they do on the field and what they bring to the team. So you're telling me one of those is gone, so I got to cut my costs too. There's no way I think they make this work without either saying, hey, I'm sorry, and here's your extension with the pay increase. That's the only way, Buck, they make this work moving forward. Buyer, to me, is, is going to do his job because he's a pro, but the extra that they got from him, I'd hold that underneath my, uh, I hold that underneath my arm and nobody's grabbing it anymore. Like, you just get the player. You don't get everything else involved with a guy like that moving forward. And you know how that can go. That can fracture a side of the ball. Or if you're looking for not just a Jeff to lead, but you need a buyer. You need a Harold Landry also. Amani Hooker's on the backside. But who's the guy they say is primarily the heartbeat of that defense? That's buyer.
and you just pretty much publicly released out that he was asked to take a pay cut. I don't think it goes over smoother. Imagine if our bosses came to you, hey, Buck, we love you. Take a pay cut. Everything changes from there. <laughs> Everything changes. I uh, I would not be smiling the way that I'm smiling right now. I would tell you that. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm smiling because it's so funny to me. Because <laughs> exactly. So again, we're no hometown with... discounts ever for anybody. No, ever. <laughs> because you, if your service is that good and you've been a real big part of that, your team being that legit, don't come to me. You better go talk to somebody else or ask me to restructure. Yeah, I'll do yeah. that one. Don't ask me to take a pay cut. Were you around anybody that got asked to take a pay cut? Uh, no, it was always restructures. That's what I'm saying. Like that's that's what makes it so unique because restructures are common. Remote pay cuts, legitimately or not. But this is also the thing too. Let's let's look at Rand's situation that he's coming from from uh 49ers. Their safeties with the 49ers are low round guys. I know the uh, Polynesian guy, he's a fifth rounder that just happened to get first team all pro this past year. He's either 28 or 29. He's an absolute terror. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But he was a fifth rounder. They don't really. And then, of course, look at free agency, too. The safety position is very devalued. So I guess Rand's mindset was to come here and play the role of, look, we don't need to spend that much money at that position. And maybe league wide, he's right. But here in Tennessee, that's not the case, and it's probably the bad move to make when it came down to it, if the rumors are true, Buck. Well, no, that that is true. They asked him to take a pay cut. Now, him him, uh, him asking for his release, <sighs> as was, uh, as was uh, erone in the words of Rand Carthon, erroneously reported yeah. in some of the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life, Ramon. Jimmy Wyatt, uh, who was a very, very kind man a yes, very very is. decent man a very fair and honest journalist in all of his uh reporting duties a pro's pro absolutely assassinated uh, a fellow member of the nashville sports media uh my dear friend jared stillman uh jimmy was asked i'm reading directly from the jim wyatt mailbag on tennesseetitans.com First off, I'd like to pay my respects. That was very kind of Justin Tibbs from Dyersburg to uh, give his thoughts and concerns to the city of Nashville for the uh, the recent situation at the Covenant School. But he asks, uh, have you had a chance to talk with KB or at least caught wind of what's really going on with the so-called drama pay cut situation? And will it get resolved with both parties? Jimmy says, appreciate you taking the time. I've not talked to Kevin in the past few weeks. I did talk to GM Rand Carthon about the situation of the NFL's owners' meetings. He set one thing straight. Kevin did not ask the Titans to release him. This was erroneously reported by 1025's Jared Stillman, whose only scoops come from Baskin Robbins. It's an absolute assassination. <laughs> it's, a, it's death. <laughs> death. <laughs> that... Prison, jail, all of it. Death. Oh, my God. I can't believe Jimmy said that, man. 31 flavors, baby. That's Ooh. exactly right. Josh Carroll says it on Facebook Live. 31 flavors is correct. Dog, he's out here like Jimmy two times now off Goodfellas, man. That's who he is, man. He's mafia type saying some stuff like that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hilarious. But you know, this shit does get slung out during the offseason. You as a player, like how, how are you – how did you kind of manage all the stuff that gets out there during the season of lies? Uh, one, it's not true until the player kind of tell me that. That's how I always kind of looked at it. And then, and then secondly, it, we laugh at the fact that some of the stuff is so far from true that 
people just want to grab on the stuff to become viral, to be the first ones on the scene reporting. And you know how that can go. As, as Jimmy Wyatt said a second ago, I mean, you, you end up with ice cream on your face, not egg, but ice cream on your face, man. 31 flavors of it. That's never okay. Cream on your face is never good, but, but that's neither here nor there unless it's shaving cream. You got to get tight. But what I'm saying is this. I, I, like, I like my beard tight. That's what yeah. I mean. Hundred percent. That's why I said it because you tight over there, Buck. Uh, with that being said, though, man, I, I I just can't see a scenario in which this works out unless KB gets a pay increase, and that's about it. You got to pay me more now. Yeah, I th I think that's that's the biggest thing. And then you know the the uh, elephant in the room, no pun intended, is Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. Um, I I wish that I had left that I had the video available to me, this hype video that his agent, who's not an agent, but is an agent, okay. uh, put out the other day. Uh, Cause Jeff, Jeff talked about having representation that was not specifically an agent. And I don't know if something has gotten lost in the shuffle either way. Uh, Paul D Roussel is the name of Jeff's representation. Um, and he put out this hype video that apparently had nothing to do with Jeff signing but was very dramatic, um, featured uh, the agent in a boardroom on a phone call. I maintain that the phone call is fake just for the purposes of drama, but I don't know this. Sources cannot confirm at this time. Either way, it's got nothing to do with Jeffrey Simmons signing a contract. Now, Ramon, I've heard that things have gone diplomatically, Yeah. but the longer that we go with this thing, uh, the leverage for that man only increases, and him not being on social media, I think, is such a benefit because – silence is his best friend at this stage it is man and I, I would tell you this too i'll pump my brakes just a little bit because Rand is new and the first thing he can't do is pay the guy that everybody know he's supposed to he's supposed to go in and do inventory of everything and he said he was going to get it done i believe they will i will say this as a player that's been in that position that you you got to work out all off season when you know you do a, a, a payday too like that bothers you a little bit too buck that anxiety of, man, I'm going out here to train right now, and I really got nothing on the table. Not what I'm worth anyway, and Jeff's worth is way more than that fifth-year option that he has on the table too, right? I think we all can agree with that. Uh, I'd get a little ticked off the more and more I saw other guys get signed. I get a little ticked off by every workout that I have going on, and I probably get a little resistance to the idea that, look, y'all supposed to knock this out probably last year sometimes. And I think that's the part of it all to me as somebody that's coming in as an outsider, seeing things done differently in Pittsburgh, I, I I continue to say on our show, Buck, and I've said it on yours, I'm sure, too, when are the Titans going to end up having their guys? You know what I'm saying? Like, their guys, like everybody that John Robinson has signed is pretty much on a different team right now or didn't pan out. And when you're talking about building the culture inside of a locker room of what's the Titans' way, it's everybody else's used goods at this point. And I think that, to me, has to change moving forward. What is the Titans organization, man? 2019, the longest yard. The longest yard. I mean, <laughs> but that's what we're talking about right now. And Derrick Henry. Yeah, and I know there's other guys in recent times. Of course, I throw Eddie out there, Aaron McNair, all of those things. But even Aaron McNair, what happened to him? He got locked out, literally and figuratively. Yeah. He got locked out. So when we talk about guys staying home and you building those pillars of what Titans history is, it's other guys. It's not even your own dudes. And Jeff is one of those dudes that has to get taken care of ASAP. And not just him, 
you still got to deal with Byer being on his way out. Nobody can age gracefully inside of Nashville, Tennessee as a football player. But I tell you this, outsiders can come in and get a big payday. Julio, Clowney, uh, uh, so many other guys, and dip. Yeah, I'd be ticked off. No, it's crazy, especially when you consider like the core of that 19 team um, was good enough to do some damage. Now, you know, luck yeah. factors into any playoff run, I think, at any point, no matter how good or skilled you are. Health factors in, and they were incredibly durable at that point, in which they have not been basically since then, um, or since 2020, I would say. But like that, that idea specifically, Ramon, that you would look around in the locker room, you would see the draft picks that you were either brought in with or that were brought in around you slowly starting to make, and not really slowly, like they yeah. don't retain first round picks here. They haven't under John. Jeff is Jeff and Caleb Farley yeah. uh, are the ones that are left on the roster um, at this and Traylon, of course, but Traylon just got here like a like year guy, right? That's, that's kind of insane that that you have that low, not just of hit rate, but retention because they hit on some of those dudes. They just didn't keep them. Um, yeah. The AJ thing doesn't need to be relitigated. And now everybody's got chest tightness around Jeff because they've already gone to Kevin Byard and been like, Hey, you know what? Uh, we love you, but not for 19 point, yeah. whatever it is against the cap this year. And Jeff is in the middle of this contract situation. Like, Hey, is somebody just show me the money, show me the money, Jerry. And yeah. show me the money before Quinn and Williams resets the floor oh for what that money is going to be because he's going to get paid more. And you know why he's got to get paid more too? What well, one? He's a high first rounder, okay? But he's in the New York market. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like his check back got to be a whole lot higher than everybody else because of the taxes and everything else. If I was his agent and he has a bulldog for an agent too, she, she, yes, she is that good, is man. That for Nicole the Lynn? Yes, sir. Legit, okay. Yeah. Uh, but and this is where I'm at with with all of this too, though. Buck, like I went back, I, I had our guy Shafe. You know, he's a Pittsburgh fan too, in a sense. He he sent me a note, just like, man, look at all the first rounders that Pittsburgh has had over the years. But I came into the league in 2009. I played with every first rounder on that list for the most part. Okay, the the earliest first uh, first rounder I played was Plexico Burris. Yes, he came back, but the next year was 2001. Casey Hampton. Mm -hmm. That's eight years later, and I played with this dude. Okay, I played with Kendall Simmons. Well, Kendall had to retire for health. Troy, Ben, Heath, Antonio, Lawrence Simmons, and Rashad Mendenhall. Played with every single one of them. Rashad didn't really work out, but every single other one of those dudes And after that. Of the 30 that I saw, only six didn't pan out. You see what I'm saying? And the Titans have had way too many high draft picks and way too many first-rounders to not have that be the case here. So, again, whether it be – whether it be uh, scouting, development, or just management, something's off, and they cannot drop the ball with a guy like Jeff. I feel like Caleb Farley's situation was you got greedy because you've done it before with Big Jeff. And I said this, and I'll say it right here too, Buck. John Robinson's a Tennessean. He's from here. He saw this team come here. There's an idea that you can be too close to the situation. And I think some of his moves – whether it be cockiness or whether it's finding low value, but I think it's, you know, finding guys with, you know, low, low, low cost, but high output. I think he managed it a little bit too much with his heart on his sleeve. And that's what got him burned. I think for the most part, 
all that. And I had heard that he wasn't talking to very many people towards the end of that. It was not as uh, one would as inclusive a process with his own staff as one would like it to be. So will that also explain why Vrabel got up and shook his head on draft night last year? I think that that has a considerable amount to do with it. Um, I think that their hmm. collaboration, 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 collaboration. More yeah, collaboration. collaboration. All of the collaboration. Yeah. Uh, he is Ramon Foster, 6 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday on 104.5 The Zone. Ramon, Kayla, and Will. And since you're on a podcast right now, you can check out the Ramon Foster Show, the podcast specifically about all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Jeff Rubel says, are you saying there wasn't collaboration? I'm saying you might be correct. You might be correct, Buck. Uh, man, dope show, man. You got a lot. Is this it? You about to kick me off or what? Yeah, you know, we like to keep it tight. I uh, I think tight. I like think it's deal. okay. Not just because I've got another meeting at two, um, <laughs> but because, you know, uh, rather rather leaving people wanting more. We'll yeah, we'll I was that. willing to blow by, but you're right, though, Buck. I'm here for you. Hey, listen. We are all good, all good things in small doses, big fella. We'll, no uh, we'll do it again on the podcast soon. Thanks for hanging out.